Welcome to track number five of the Word of My Patience. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Are you glad to be here? Yes. Amen. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 3. Revelations chapter 3. Right. The angel of the church in Philadelphia writes, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. I will take them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. And I will make them to come and bow down before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name, he that hath it here, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, um, this is a short camp just to give you a particular orientation as you are going out there on the field. Is everybody here? Or some people are not here? This is the whole class finishing? Okay. Great. Now, the scripture, as you can see from the banner, it says that because you've kept the word of my patience. But let's go through the whole thing. It says to the church in Philadelphia, I know thy works. Okay? So God knows your works. You have been in the school for some years now. And he knows your works. You were 300 when you started. You are now uh, 90. 90 what? 91. So, your works are evident. Amen. Amen. They have the works of some diligence, ability to be patient, to survive, and so on. Okay? Now, 
it also says that um, it says that um, I've set before you an open door. Amen. Amen. And no man can shut it. Hallelujah. God has set before you a door of ministry. Nobody can close that door. Contrary to what you think, nobody can destroy you. And nobody can demote you. Because nobody has that power. Even when it seems that somebody is bringing you down, the person really doesn't have any power to bring you down. That is the truth about uh, ministry. Nobody can bring you down or up. See, that's why I said that I've opened a door and nobody can shut it. Do you see? Because for years I've been in the ministry and I've always had people trying to bring me down. Even I just received a letter from somebody who said that God, uh, he was joining the church and somebody told him our church is a cult and he should not join. Long letter. And on and on and on and on. So they shouldn't read any of my books, shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that. So you have people like that always trying to bring you down, trying to spoil you, trying to destroy you. No one can destroy anybody. Because at the end of the day, even to be lifted up or to be promoted, it comes from God. If God does not help you, nobody can help you. God does not lift you up, nobody can lift you up. Amen. Amen. Then he says, Thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word. Now that's very important because often you would think that you are going to go into ministry with great strength. But the Bible is saying you have just a little. It means you are not strong. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You are not strong. Alright? You are not strong. But you are going forward even though you are not strong. Amen. Amen. Pastor Obi, continue for me. Bishop Intervo, can I see you for one minute? Hallelujah. So let's read the scripture again. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that openeth and none shall shut, and that shutteth and none openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door which none can shut. Thou hast a little power, and this keep my word, and hast not denied my name. Put your hands together and welcome. <laughs> Alright. Are you there? Now, it says you have a little strength. 
So with your little strength, you are going to be able to accomplish what you need to accomplish, even though you are not very strong. Most of the time when you are in the ministry, you are not strong. That's why in the Bible we pray that you be strengthened with might by the power of the Spirit in the inner man. So one of the prayers that I need you to pray all the time is for strength. To be able to be strong is always important. That is why he mentioned the level of your strength. Amen. So when it comes to strength, I need you to... um, You need to know the areas where you need strength. Okay. First of all, you need to be strong in your spirit. Your spirit needs to be strong. If your spirit is not strong, what happens is that, you know, the the Bible speaks about uh, a broken spirit, a broken heart, or a wounded spirit. Realize that when the spirit is wounded, it's very difficult for a person to do much. Do you see? In fact, that is even the point at which a person can die. So your spirit affects you, but in a way that you don't even realize. For instance, um, when your body dies, is the moment that your spirit comes outside. If your spirit moves out of your body, your body just stops working. The heart stops, the brain stops, the blood stops, everything. As soon as the body, the spirit comes out. So the slight move of the spirit out of the body, you know, the whole body shuts down. So <laughs> if the shifting of the spirit out of your body can shut down everything, then your spirit is a very important yeah. part. Yeah. yeah. That's what the scripture says that the body without the spirit is dead. When he was teaching about faith without works, he said that just as your faith without works is dead, the body without the spirit is dead. So that's actually when you die, is when the spirit comes out. So if a slight shift of the spirit out of the body can shut down all cycles that are going on in the body. Systems. Cardiological system, pulmonary system, alimentary system, central nervous system, all the microbiological systems, biochemical cycles, every system and cycle shut down with just the spirit moving one foot to the side. Then, your spirit is a very, 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 very important part of you that is really, if it is not strong or it is affected. Because if something can affect you till it affects your heart, then you are really going off. So, in the book of Proverbs, there are several references to a man's spirit when he's wounded and he's broken. And then the Bible says, keep thy heart with diligence. For out of your heart are the issues of life. Do you see? 
Yes. So, very, very important for you to um, understand these key principles in relation to <coughs> doing well and uh, being strong. So, that has a little strength. So, you need your spirit to be strong. The other area that you need uh, strength <coughs> is um, in relation to the flesh. Do you see? Yeah, because you, you know the Bible says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Okay? Now, this flesh and its weaknesses, they, they don't, it's the static part of you. Do you see? The weakness of your flesh. When you say, Thou hast a little strength, it, it's talking about you not being strong. And it could, it could be in any of the three areas. Okay, so your your flesh can also be very weak. All right, so your flesh can be weak, but you have to realize that your flesh will never be strong. Do you see? Your flesh will never be strong because there is nothing that makes the flesh stronger. The flesh must be kept under subjection. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 9.27 I keep my body under subjection, under control. So that lest when I have preached to others I myself should become a castaway. Are you, are you understanding yes. what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, in other words the flesh is really some way. Even Paul's flesh was some way. So if Paul at the height of writing letters was having such flesh, then you can be assured that it's never going to change. So what you must get used to (laughs) doing (laughs) is in training yourself in the strategies to control your flesh. This is the thing. You have to develop strategies to control your flesh better like a lion or a tiger or whatever, you get strategies to imprison it better, to keep it in confined spaces and to be able to feed it, look at it, have it, enjoy it, but at the same time it's confined. These are the techniques you need to develop, but not that I'm going to make the flesh stronger. Because people feel that by fasting they, they make the flesh stronger. But that is how you know that a lot of sins occur just after fasting. Just after fasting. All that. Are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So don't, don't think you can strengthen your flesh. Rather, you need to develop techniques. Okay. And strategies to keep the flesh under control. That's, that's, that is the meaning of the verse in First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 4. It says, Every one of you should know how to keep your body are you there? In holiness and sanctification. Every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. 
So the sanctifying state of your body or the sanctified state of your body is necessary but it is a very individualized operation. Do you understand? That is why it says every one of you should know how to keep your body in sanctification and should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and in honor. Amen. Amen. Are you there or you've gone home? Okay. Are you there? So, I need you to recognize and realize are you there? That um, your, your body is an individualized thing. Now, because you need strength. Now, what do, I, what do I mean by that? Let me go to the soul, and then I will... But maybe we can stay on the body. Like, let's take the flesh. What are some of the sins of the flesh? It starts with fornication, adultery, and all this wickedness, and so on. Witchcraft. Now, these, these works of the flesh, okay, you have to know how. You are not stronger than any of these things, but you have to know how to overcome it. That is not that it's something that somebody is made more prone to sex or prone to... <coughs> what are the works of the flesh? There are a lot of them there. <coughs> adultery, uncleanliness, witchcraft, envy, jealousy, Hatred. Okay. Nobody is more, more that way. Do you see? But everybody's body is a little different. So when you are making your hair style, you have to look at the shape of your head before you, you go and make certain hairstyles. It's true. It's not every hairstyle that suits every woman. Isn't it? It's not every hairstyle that suits every woman. If, if you are going to get a dress, a blouse and a skirt, very, or very tightly fitting skirt and blouse, and you are very, very, very fat. Do you see? You realize that the skirt and the blouse you are wearing are inappropriate because it looks like a towel. <laughs> are you there? If you are very slim, okay, there are also certain clothes that you shouldn't wear. Because it also makes you look, it enhances the thinness. So, everyone should know how to dress up his body. So that his body is okay looking. Uh So, everybody's body is different. Now, with the flesh, as with the soul, there are certain diseases that the flesh has. Do you understand? 
that greatly weaken the flesh even further. So you have to also know how to do that. But let me come back to another point, which is the soul. The soul also has to be strengthened with the word of God. The mind. You get it? Your mind must be improved. Alright? So that you can make it. Principles must get into your mind. Understanding. Knowledge. Wisdom. Must enter your mind. Because when it enters your mind, you will be able, are you there? To have a good mind. A mind which is helping you. And not a weak mind. The mind of a child. Are you listening to me? Alright. So the point that I'm making this afternoon is clear. And it is a point that you and I, alright, need to be stronger for the ministry. That's why he commented on their little strength. Now, when you are having certain problems, which all of, almost all of us come with some kind of a defect. You see, one day, one of my little boy's sons, I saw that he was about two or three years old, and I saw that he had a pot belly. And I said, wow, this is a genetic problem. <laughs> so, you realize that there are certain things that are coming already. You haven't even reached a certain stage. You see that the thing is coming. Are you listening? So, sometimes you are wounded in your life. And through the wounds of your life, your, your flesh is weakened. Okay? For instance, you can be wounded when you watch I'll give you a few examples of people that have been wounded. You can be wounded whilst watching a film. You can be wounded whilst watching a film. And you will always be afraid of something that you saw in a film. So, you can see the reaction sometimes of little children whom you explain that this thing is a film, it's a film, it's a film, but they don't understand it, that it's a film. To them, everything that is moving in the television is a real thing. So some of us are wounded by childhood films which have affected our whole life. So if your flesh is like that, you'll be surprised that the day will come when the films will come to haunt you. Some have been affected by pornographic films that you've watched. You would never have developed certain tastes. Maybe masturbation, maybe a kind of sex life. Do you see? You would never, 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 if it had not been for the pornography that you have watched and watched and watched and watched and watched. So even as you are sitting here normally like everybody, Maybe the person who is sitting by you, he has had such a terrible life experience with pornography, whereas you haven't. So you may have to go by a different method. But what happens is that people preach their methods. 
And then they make it a law for the whole of Christianity. That if you are born again, you must not do this or you must do this. Do you understand? But sometimes it is a law or it's a strategy for a type of person with a type of illness or weakness to operate in a certain way. Uh-huh. Because if you were to go and operate in that same thing, that somebody's whose flesh is totally destroyed. I mean, there are people that have to masturbate three times a day, four times a day. I mean, it's like they have have to watch pornography. Some even have to watch gay pornography. They have to watch film. They have to watch pictures. You know, and these are things that, let's say, maybe I may not feel that temptation. But it doesn't mean that it's not a problem. It's a real problem that somebody has. Now that problem, if you are trying to be holy, and somebody who hasn't had that problem is trying to be holy, the way you will possess your vessel will be different. But what happens is that one person tries to preach it and say, all brothers should therefore therefore not do this or not do that. Trust to encompass the food that is a rule which they have been using it has helped them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So maybe somebody will decide, I don't watch films at all. It's good for him. Maybe you have decided that you don't have any ladies that you work with at all. Because the way you know yourself, it's not a good thing. Or you will decide that I don't have certain things in my life at all. At all. But it depends on you. And if you know, you must know how to possess. First Thessalonians 4, 4 is the capital verse for fornication. How you may keep yourself from committing all these different types of fleshly sins. But it depends on how you are. Amen. Some people have been affected by reading Mills and Boone and other fantasy stories about love. A lot of ladies are affected by this. So when you marry a brother who is a good brother of whom of the brothers that exist and of whom of the existing possibilities that you could have as a person, as a human being, you have even one of the best, you still cannot be happy with it. Because you, you, you have read a book, and in that book, every, almost everything was not true, but this is what you are thinking. You will experience. It's true. So, even though everybody sitting on the front row can see that, oh, you have got number one. You've got an A1. You've got an A2. It's either A1, A2, A4, A5. Because we know what it's like to get an M13. Yeah, we are always counseling them. We are always counseling them. Or to get a P22. Yeah. We know. We 
every day. S5. S5. Not XO. S. S4, S5. But you have got A3. A4. A5. A7. You don't even know what you have. Out of 26 levels, you are at the topmost level. You don't even realize it. Every day, 10, 10, 10, completely unhappy, completely. Sometimes the wives of good men are the unhappiest, morose, saddest of all. When we do counseling, that's what we see. A couple of days I was talking to somebody. So I said that. I said, you shut, just shut up. Shut up. And enjoy what you have. You will never get a husband like this. You can't get one like this. Ah! Now people don't know what they have. People don't know. It's just like, it's just like when you are not a doctor. You say certain things. We, as a doctor, when I hear certain things, my mind starts to just roam in a certain direction. And you don't know what there is. So, you've watched Red Mills and Boone, all the series of Mills and Boone, you've read all. How many Mills and Boons have you read? Only two. Another thing that you watch are soap operas. It's another thing that can damage your soul. Bold and beautiful. And what are the new ones? Paradise. Or if you didn't watch it, if you didn't watch it, it is something that is happening in your, it has happened in your family. The soap opera was your family. So you didn't need to look at the television screen to see. You saw it with your father, your mother, your brothers, your sisters. They were the actors. So as you've watched it, okay, all your life is that. Your mind is swimming with that. The only thing you fear is what you've seen in these films. That they will happen to you. And that they will happen. So your soul is, is weak. But you don't know. A time will come when it will press. And then that thing will show up. Do you get it? So ladies and gentlemen. Um, the point that I'm trying to make is. What that scripture was saying. That your soul is weak. You're, you have a little strength. And you must. You must believe God. Amen. Amen. Alright. Now, where were we? Back to where we were before. I will make them which are of the synagogue of Satan to come which say they are Jews and are not and do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. Now, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world 
to try them that dwell upon the earth. Amen. Amen. So, the first thing that I want you to understand about this is what is the word of my patience? The word of my patience is something that needs patience. Amen. The word of God's patience is a word that will be connected to patience. Will involve patience. Amen. That is why it's the word of His patience. Amen. Because it involves patience. You need patience to obey that word. You need patience to carry out the word that has come to you. You need patience to fulfill the word of his patience. Because it is a word which is inexorably connected to patience. Amen. So, and it's a blessing to keep the word of his patience. Because there are great rewards for those who keep the word of his patience. And one of the great rewards is that I will keep thee from the hour of temptation which will come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. So God has a great reward for you for keeping his, the word of his patience. Which is to keep you from being tested on certain areas which you wouldn't want to be tested on. Amen. It will keep you from being tested in a way that the whole world is tested when you have the word of his patience and you are able to keep it in your life. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? So, number one. The word of his patience is the same as the call of God. It's a word of patience. Amen. The call of God is a word when you hear the Lord say, Come, go. You have heard a word of patience. A word that will require great patience for it to be fulfilled. Without patience, forget it. The so-called word you've heard will amount to nothing. You need to be patient if you are going to experience the word of his patience coming to pass. Amen. Amen. Now, there are several people who receive the word of his patience. And the first person that I want to look at is, number one, is Paul the Apostle. Acts chapter 9, the Bible says, As he journeyed, saw breathing threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priests, 
and desired of him letters. Amen. To Damascus, to the synagogues. That if he found any of this way, whether they were women or men, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth. And heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Acts chapter 9 verse 5. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Amen. Amen. Obviously, it is not a small thing. That is why when they struck him down, the only thing they told him that it was difficult to kick your leg against bricks. But what was coming involved so much that they didn't bother to tell him the word of his patience at that point. They gave him a word of understanding but not a word of patience. So, in Acts chapter 11, verse 25, the Bible says, Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus, for to seek out Saul. When he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And it came to pass, Acts 11 from verse 25, that a whole year they assembled themselves with the, te- with the church and taught much people. Amen. Are you there? And taught much people for a whole year. You get it? And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. Amen. And then the disciples, everyone according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea. Which also they did. And sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Paul. So there again you see that whatever Paul was going to do, it was not something that was just going to last one day. Because already he was in Antioch, even his ministry had not started. He was staying there for one whole year. Then you go on to Acts chapter 13. This is where they were now in Antioch. Now, there were in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manain which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, 
they laid their hands on them and sent them away. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. You see, when God is giving you a job, you, you think that you finished. But you haven't even started. But by the time they were in Antioch, they were nowhere near getting into any of the things that God wanted them to. Later on, they were having a prayer meeting and fasting. Then the Spirit of the Lord was now talking to them and saying, Go! So they being sent for by the Holy Ghost, departed to Seleucia. And from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they also had John to their minister. And when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer. And the story goes on and on and on and on and on. And the whole of Acts, after chapter 10, is the story of the outplaying of the word of his patience. A word that requires much patience to fulfill. A word that was given to Paul. A word that he, he ran with to the end of his days and to the end of his life. It wasn't something that he could fulfill in three weeks or in one month. And that is why even in coming to Bible school, you have started with four years of staying here. And you yourself have realized that if you have stayed for one year, it will be different from if you have stayed for four years. Because you realize that after two years, you are different from when you were one year. And three years is different. And four years is also different. And one day you will be saying, I've been a pastor in this town for four years. <laughs> yeah, you may, be, you may be in a certain that I've been here for four years. And one day, you may say, I've been in this town for 14 years. And one day, you may say, I've been in this town for 24 years. Uh-huh. And that's where you realize that it's a completely different thing. That the word that God gave you in the school, when you came to the school to serve Him, it was a word of His patience. It was not just a word. It was a word of his patience. A word of my patience. It says those of you who have kept the word of my patience. A word which involves so much patience to fulfill or to accomplish. I have a special reward for you. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 28, the Bible says, And Paul dwelt for two whole years. In his own hired house. And received all that came in unto him. Preaching the kingdom of God. And teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus. With all confidence. No man forbidding him. Acts 28 verse 30 and 31. Romans 15 verse 15. Nevertheless brethren. I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort, as putting you in mind, because of the grace that is given to me of God, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. 
You see, this is the grace of God that was given to him. That he should be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. It's not going to take two weeks to be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. I mean, maybe God is sending you to be a minister of Jesus Christ to a town, to a village, maybe to a whole nation. It's not going to take, I mean, uh, one year or two years. It's the word of my patience. It's the word of my patience. It's the word of my patience. To be a minister to Gentiles. Hey! To be a minister to even to a particular town. It takes patience before even important people will come to that town. The Gentiles in that town will come. At first, only little, little children will come. Yeah, the whole church will be a Sunday school. Yeah! There will be no money. It's going to take time. And some of them will be growing. And they will grow up. And one day, you will see some of them will graduate. Finish school. Then they will discover gold or oil in your town. Then more people will come. Then the cars will be parking there. And then some of the people will go to university. They will come back. And then others will be transferred. Teachers and other different things. It requires patience. That's why the call of God is the word of my patience. You need patience. If you are in a hurry, eh, you might as well resign now. I wouldn't advise you to go anywhere. If you are thinking that very soon you will be driving the car which Reverend Hamish is driving, I don't think you should. I think you should resign now. You should resign now. You should ask him when, how many years ago that he was going around witnessing and trying to start churches in Takoradi. Ask him. Ask him. Ask him where he has been. Whether it was last weekend that he started. It's a word of his patience. It's a word of his patience. Yeah. The whole thing is a word of his patience. You have to wait patiently. And all the major people who will be in your church, they are all children. You have to be patient for them to grow up. I tell you, that's why you are supposed to start the ministry as a young person. When you start as an elderly person, it see that you are impatient. Because you want the thing to work quickly at your age. You are developing gray hair. Things are not yet working. <laughs> Things are not yet working. Things are not working. And you are older and older. And older. It's like it should work quickly. It should work quickly. And the more you make it work, the more it doesn't work. It's true. You may never know. Christ have mercy. Amen. Are you there? Amen. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. I want us to understand that the call of God on Paul was a word of his patience. First Timothy chapter 1 Verse number 11. 
Paul just sometimes when he was speaking that he would just go off what he was saying and just say something then come back. This was one of the going offs. Sometimes the going offs are even the main message. He said he was talking about this, 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 that. Then he said according according to the sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust. God committed a gospel to his trust. Trusted him with the gospel. And he says, I thank my God. Amen. Amen. Who has enabled me so that he counted me faithful. Putting me into the ministry. Who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm chief. How be it for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Christ might show forth all suffering, long suffering in me for a pattern which should be hereafter which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. A pattern for them. We should hereafter believe on him for life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Now, before you, Paul, your life can be a pattern for people to follow after. Do you know how long it will take? I mean, stand up, you stand up. How are you a pattern for anybody in Ghana? What is your name? Jonas. Are you from Ghana? How can he be a pattern? We don't even know his name. It's going to take a long time. That was Christ's intention in saving Paul. That Paul would be a pattern for those who will come after to, to believe that a bad person can receive mercy. But now, now as you are, nobody even knows that you are a bad person. And nobody knows you. It's going to take a long time. I mean, if you are not faithful, and you don't fight certain battles, you will never be a pattern. Now maybe God wants to use your life, as you are sitting here, as a pattern. That somebody from Kenya can become a great man of God after going to Bible school. Maybe God wants to use your life as a pattern. That somebody as bad as you can become a great minister. Maybe God wants to use your life as a pattern. That a lady who goes to a Bible school can do something great for God. Maybe God wants to use your life as a pattern. So that somebody will see that someone without education, without any formal training, 
can also do something. It's a word. It's a word. And God can use you. And somebody said that. Somebody who was a villager. Is there anybody who has lived in a village? Lift your hand. Exactly. So God can show you. God can use you. And use you as a pattern. That villagers can become great men of God. But it's going to take a long time. It's the word of his patience. So we, we have words and we have word of his patience. We have words and words of my patience. There are different things. The word and the word of my patience. The word of the Lord came. But those who have said the word of my patience. The word of the Lord. The word of my patience. The, this is the word of my patience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before you become a pattern. I've been a medical student for a long time. Doctor. But it took years before any pattern could be followed. Before anybody would want to even follow me. Nobody wanted to follow me. Nobody wanted to follow me. And you too, nobody will want to follow you for a long time. But one day, if you are able to keep the word of his patience, you will be surprised that people will now be following your example. And in fact, people will really want to come to the Bible school because of you. That's what's going to happen. People want to come to the Bible school because of you. You see, Idahosa's Bible school in Nigeria, it became associated with becoming a great man of God. Because everybody who went there and came back, they became, wow. Bishop Duncan Williams, Bishop Charles Ajinasari, World Miracle Church, Bishop James Sarr, Action Center, Bishop Mama Christido Tete, Solid Rock Chapel, Bishop Adai Mensa, Gospel Light International Church, Bishop um, whatever who died, Redemption Hour Church, Bishop uh, whatever in Takradi, what is it called? Christian Faith Church. Bishop Botre in Takradi, my faith, Christian Faith Church, all uh, uh, Andrews Faith Asari, Faith Foundation Church. M- mentioned that so many, even this guy, our friend, Case Husband, uh, Pastor Francis, whatever, Christian Faith, they are all graduates of that school. In fact, the message that Idahosa, I went to visit, is a pastor of this church in Takrari, and then he played a video of a five-minute sermon that Archbishop Idahosa preached at his graduation. Yeah. And that's the message I preach at every graduation. Yeah. <laughs> I preach the same message at every graduation. That's where I heard it. I said, wow. I said, Idahosa prayed for me on the Bible school. He prayed for me before he died, two weeks before he died. Yeah. I keep telling you what to learn. Learn things. People are doing them. Do it. Yeah. That's what I preach every time. The same thing. And I remember, I watched it. I watched the video. Five minutes he finished preaching. Hey! Hmm. It was powerful. 
he preached, he said, three things, preaching, teaching, and healing. These are the three things. I tell you, he preached powerfully. So when you go, these are the only things. Preach, teach, and heal. He was done. Wearing the gowns and everything. Preach, teach and heal. And he came home. You should go and see. He's on radio all the time. Preaching, ministering. Preach, teach, heal. Preach, teach, heal. Preach, teach, heal. It's just too powerful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Preach, teach, heal. Yeah. And, and, and one day, people will want to have what you have. Where did you get it? Anakazo. Anakazo. What is Anakazo? What is Anakazo? One of my pastors in uh, Hohoi, he's, he's building a four story block at his church in Hohoi. And he was a hunter. Yeah. Not, not just a villager, a hunter. A hunter. I, I, I asked him, how do you hunt? And he was telling me how they hunt. So I said, what shoes? I said, oh, no, it doesn't wear shoes. They run in the forest. They catch the animals. So he said, when he's tired, then they lie down in the forest and sleep. Say, wow, a hunter. You should go and see the church. That God is establishing a pattern that a hunter can see that he, I mean, somebody God has raised up. Wow! And he's a graduate of Anakazu. Give a lot of shock. He sent somebody. Who is that? You. Ah, there are four of them. Yeah. Wow. A pattern. A pattern. I said a pattern. A pattern. People will be asking. So, where, where are you from? I mean. Where do you get these things? Where do you get all these things from? Hallelujah. Amen. Are you listening? Yes. Amen. Amen. Turn to First Timothy. Oh, I say First Timothy. Second Timothy. Chapter four. This is the end of his ministry. 
And he says, I charge thee therefore before God. First, Second Timothy chapter 4. I charge thee therefore before God. Are you there? Who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom? Preach the word. Be instant. In season. Out of season. Reprove. Rebuke. Exhort. With all long suffering and doctrine. He was telling them, do the work with, with long suffering. Amen. Did you hear me? Yes. With suffering for a long time. You have to do this work with the mind of suffering for a long time. You will not make it in three years. Stop thinking of three years. Think of long suffering. Amen? Hello? Now, verse 6. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith. Amen. Amen. Are you listening? He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. In other words, there is a course. There is, after, after Bible school, there is another course. E. And you all know what it's like to have a course. You have the beginning and the end of the course. If I have reached the end of my course, I will die soon. Yeah. When I finish my course, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. If I finish my course, I'll be gone. I have nothing else to do. I'm not here to look after children or wife. It's true. When I finish my course, I've, end, I've come to the end of my course. I've fought the fight I'm supposed to fight. I've run the race I'm supposed to run. Yeah. That's, that's it. So you go on. And on. If the course is not yet over, then I have to continue and continue and continue in the system. But if I finish my course, wow, I'll be going home soon. Yeah. And everybody has a different course. And we all have different courses. Some people have unusually short courses. But usually it's, it's quite long. Therefore, <laughs> there are some very. No, there are short. When we used to go for the races, we had ten felons, but there was five felons. Very short. And then the horses are finished. Just from here to here, then they run. Do you see? Those those are some of the reasons why people, some good people die early. Sometimes you have a very good person who you you can't understand why the person should die. Sometimes the person has finished the course. And it's like if the person stays around, before you realize, somebody will come and offer something on the side and he's finished running, he was sitting down. Before you realize, 
something bad will happen. So it's one of the reasons why sometimes good people die. Unexpectedly or very young. Or in the middle of what you think is their life. But many times they finish their course. But it's usually, it's not that short. I thought I would die for a long time. Yeah. When I, when I had an accident in Tamale, from that time I began to think of death, always. I'm not even sure of an extra day. I can die, so I can, my heart can stop suddenly. I'll just die as I'm preaching. It happens. One day a pastor was giving an illustration in a church. My pastor told me, he said it was, it was his church. You know? And he, he called for a chair. He said, give me a chair. He called for a chair. Is that a small chair? I said, small chair. Give me your chair. He called for a chair. He said, some Christians, he said, some Christians, they are like this. You have to push them. Everything, you have to push them. Huh? Others, they are like this. You have to carry them. <laughs> Everything that you want to do, you have to carry them. Then others are like this. You preach to them, they are like this. You talk to them, they don't move. Nice. He was dead. He was dead. When he did this, he was dead. He died on the state level. And his wife was sitting there. And the pastor was sitting there. And the host was there. And somebody said, his wife said, he's gone. And they rushed on the stage. He said like that. He said, some Christians are like this. They are always asleep now. He was gone. That was his last word. And he went out of the world. He died on the, on the stage in a chair. Not a fairy tale. It happened. My friend in Louisiana. Wow. So you cannot tell. You cannot tell. <laughs> yeah. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. So your cause may be you know like our pastor Evans who died in Congo twenty six, twenty seven years old. You wonder. Yeah. But you see, you must grow up to be like Paul, who was able to explain why certain things were happening. You see, Paul just explained. He said that I received salvation so that I'll be an example. You see, even whilst on earth, before you see God, you must come to the beliefs of certain things. That this is why this is there. Before even you get to heaven, you must come to some of the spiritual reasons why certain things are the way they are. In your personal life. Why you are educated. Why you are not educated. There's a reason why you came at this time. Why you met this person? Why you married this person? Here, yeah, instead of deciding to jump out of the marriage or whatever problem you have, 
You have to know the spiritual reason. There's a reason why. This is experiencing this. Why Paul was able to explain so many things. We must also know why we are experiencing some things before even we get to heaven. Paul explained his own blasphemy. Why he was so blasphemous and why he was saved. Why? So that he would be a pattern. Later he had some crisis. He said that this thing was given to me to buffet me because of the abundance of revelations. So he knew reasons of his life circumstances. He was able to explain them. But some of us, we are not spiritually minded. So we can't interpret things that are happening to us. We rather interpret them as people that don't have God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Don't interpret things just like an unbeliever. You have to be like Paul. Paul, he wasn't dead though. He said, I've finished my course. Can you imagine that? You are not even dead though. Then you say, I've finished my course. You are alive, you are writing letters. I've finished all what I came to do. How do you even know that? But he knew he had finished his course. He knew he had run his race. He said, I've run my race. And he said, I've fought a good fight. It is a good fight. It's only a good fight when you win. You say, a bad fight is a fight that you are beating badly. <laughs> but a good fight is the one that you win. So he fought a good fight. It was good. The fight was good. Yeah, I won. <laughs> I won. How was it? It was good. It was good because you won. If you had lost, you wouldn't say it was good. Well, I say it was a terrible day for me. I was, I was disgraced. I was embarrassed. So be spiritual in your interpretations. The towns you are going to, the places you don't just go say, this is where they say I should come, so I have come. Have spiritual visions and dreams and spiritual understanding of why you are where you are. When you are getting married, don't just marry. How many are not married? Look, don't marry without severe prayers and fasting so that don't marry just because the person is nice. So that you don't say when things are not working that you married in the night. Because most young people are not praying before they choose their partners. You must pray about it. You must pray about it. Oh God. Oh God. Deliver me from evil. Oh God. Let your will be done. Oh God. You must pray the mystery of your will should be done. Don't just marry because the person is nice looking. Some of the nice looking people are the most terrible to be married to. And it's not everybody you can be married to based on your weaknesses. Oh yeah. Based on your weaknesses you cannot marry. You sometimes you, some of you cannot marry a senior pastor based on your weaknesses. Your weakness is such that you cannot marry a senior pastor. You will always be ringing your mother. You will always be crying. You will always be unhappy about his work that he is doing. You will always feel that he is spending too much time on the church, on the people. The church is full of women. You don't like them. You don't want to sack them one by one, one by one, one by one. Ah. Yes. 
You can't. You can't. You have watched too many mills and boons. You have watched too many of these films. It has affected your soul. Your soul is spoiled already. Or you have had, you yourself were an actor in the soap opera. For your life, your life is... Your life is a soap opera. Or your family life is a soap opera. So you can't. You can't marry a senior person. You shouldn't marry a senior person. You should marry somebody who works at the bank. It's true. Yes. Just as an usher in the church or in the building. You can't marry a pastor. You can't. You can't marry anybody who has time for somebody else. You can't stand it. Your soul is too weak for that. Your soul is too weak. You are just, you are, you are, you are, you can't stand it. You can't accept anybody being loved. You can't. Your soul is destroyed. You have no capacity. God loves the whole world. You want your pastor to love just only you or only one or two people. Hey! I've run my I've run my race. I've finished my course. I've fought a, I've been fighting. Hey. The day that you can say I'm running, the day you can say I'm finishing, and the day you can say I've been fighting, then you know that you have entered the ministry. Ministry is made up of running, finishing, and fighting, finishing courses, and fighting, fighting all the time. You can never be in the ministry unless you are fighting. So, brothers and sisters, welcome to the fight. Welcome to a new course. It may not be called pastoral ministry, or administration, church administration and management. No, 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 no. It's a different course. Is the word of my patience. Practically live out. You are going to go through the word of his patience. It will take you time. Yes. Suffering. Suffering for the thing to be fulfilled. Are you listening? Are you there? So when God calls you, he has given you a word of his patience. And you must say, here I am. I'm ready. And I'm going for the long term. Amen. Amen. But people are not patient. And they develop stupidity in their heads. Foolishness. Because they don't know that it's a word of my patience. You see, when you are not patient, you just now know you, you will do everything that is against reason. There are some people who were in this school. They finished school. Within a short time, you see, they have changed already. They are colors. Do you have such cases? Yeah. <laughs> examples of what? For our admonishment. Yeah. You have had examples. Plenty. Oh. Even some already developed it before they finish the school. 
to Proverbs. And I'm going to look at the Amplified Bible. Or even you can use now notice Through desire, a man having separated himself, eh? through what? It is what makes people separate themselves. Have some desires which are lacking in the soul. He separated himself and seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. But let me read it from another version. Even the American is better. Let me read it from the Amplified. It says, He who willfully separates himself and estranges himself from God and man seeks his own desire and his pretext, now he's pretending, to break out against all wise and sound judgments. What a shock. He who willfully separates and estranges himself from God and man eh, seeks his own desire. Not the desire of the kingdom of God, but his own desire. Those who separate themselves, they have their own visions and dreams. And he seeks his own desire and pretext. He has his own desire or pretext or reason okay, to break out against all sound wisdom and judgment. Against all wise and sound judgments. And this is the pattern you see people. Against all sound judgments. The American version is also fantastic. It says, he who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against sound wisdom. (laughs) Proverbs 18 verse 1. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. (laughs) Mercy. He who separates himself seeks his own desire and he quarrels against all sound wisdom. Every single one of the people that they separate themselves they have a desire. They seek their own desire. Not the common desire or not the vision of the house or whatever. And they quarrel against sound wisdom. Because for years, yes, all sound wisdom. Shabaya Bumbu. Are you there or you are going home? Uh-huh. Stay around. Are you there? 
It's going to take time. And I need you to be patient. Amen. Hallelujah. Be patient. Alright. Because God has a great blessing for you. Amen. It says, But you be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Amen. 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 Endure hardship. Hardship is the, re- is the main thing that cuts short the word of patience. You see, when you are being patiently doing something, when it becomes, oh, I can't take it any longer. I'm out. Yeah. Hardship is what ends the patience. No, 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 I, I don't have time for this. I can't take this. I can't take it anymore. And then the word of his patience is bombed out. What a shock. Are you listening? Yeah. So back to our text. Number two. The call of Abraham was a word of his patience. The call. We are finished with the call of Paul. It was a word of his patience. Now we are moving to the word of his patience that was given to Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, hmm, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. Huh? <laughs> How many realize it takes time to be a great nation? Yeah. <laughs> How many I realize that the word, the call, eh, is a word of my patience. I tell you, if there is anything that is a word of his patience, it's the call of God. I will make thee a great nation. Do you know how long it takes to become a nation? And before a person can develop into a country, how many children you must have? Hey! At the age of 90, you don't have even one. And they are telling you that you are going to be a great nation. You don't have even one child. And they are informing you that you are what? A nation. Amen. And I will bless thee. I mean, today when people see you, they don't say that, Charlie, you are blessed. Ah, they say that. Mm-hmm. Because some of you have made yourself beggars. Begging people for money. How will they feel that you are blessed? 
what you don't realize is that people give rich people more money than they give poor. You see, the queen of Sheba, she came with a lot of things to give to Solomon. It is not because Solomon was needing something. So when you make yourself Captain Needy, Mrs. Needy, I need all things. I have nothing. Help me. My my things are mobile. Give me. Give me something. Oh, I need. You don't realize that you are rather reducing your ability to be blessed. Yeah. You see, when you meet a blessed person, you even take your time before you bless the person. You know that, look, this person, I have to look carefully before I come and bless him or her. So, the queen of Sheba, she got that and she had heard that Solomon was very rich. All the poor people in Jerusalem, nobody received any gifts. She carried her things, especially for Solomon, the richest man in the world. She came to add more riches to his riches. But the others have made themselves chairman of poverty. Poverty stricken pastors. In need. Oh, finally, give me something. I need something from you. Can you give me no fuel? Oh, just to eat. We are hungry in the village that you sent us. We are dying there. We are dying over there. We couldn't get transport to come. I was talking to one pastor. I said, you have made yourself a chairman of poverty since we sent you to the mission field. Every day, you don't have money. You can't send any money to your mother. You can't look after anybody. You can't do Every day, it's like you there. People should give you money. I said, it will never let you do well. But, and I was analyzing. I said, that you have received a lot of money. You have received people have given you money, this money. You have made yourself a captain of the host of poor people, you are the one sitting on top of them on a cloud of witnesses of poor people. Hey! There was a time when I was really poor. I was suffering greatly in my poverty. And I needed money. And I wanted people to remember me and bless me. (laughs) I wanted them to remember me. I wanted them to think about me. As I was walking amongst them, I was thinking of the amount of dollars and pounds that they have. And I have nothing. As a pastor from Ghana, I was abroad. Hey! And they would not remember me. And I used to look at them and marvel. But as I have become more prosperous, more people give me. More. Yeah. When I was in need, they were not giving me. <laughs> yeah. He that has. When I was in need, they were not giving. <laughs> so decide you are not going to give yourself a hungry looking face. 
as you go out of here. Don't go with, come with a hungry face. Or say you didn't have any dress for this. When you were coming for homecoming, you have to bring last year's dress. So you don't have any new dress for this year. No. Just reorganize yourself. And find something to wear. Kenneth Hagin's wife used to borrow dresses. When she was going for conventions. Yeah. It's hardships. Don't come with a morose looking face. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. It's the Lord who will turn the heart and say, Bless this person. Bless this person. One day I was looking at somebody. One day I was going to look at somebody. And um, as I was looking at the person, I realized that my heart was not touched. Even though the person brought a very morose face. Tell somebody morose. <laughs> what is the meaning of morose? Check it out, check it out. Gloomy. Gloomy, yeah. Or Gloomy. Sullen, yes, sullenly ill-humored. Hmm. As a person or mood. And then characterized by or expressing gloom. Gloom. <laughs> <laughs> gloom. Gloom. Someone who is morose is miserable, bad-tempered, and not willing to talk very much to other people. Mercy. Another one. An atmosphere of depression and melancholy. Another one. A state of partial or total darkness. When you have that face, you are not going to attract blessings. Amen. So when the Lord was telling Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation and I will bless thee. You don't don't make your face morose thinking that the morose dark atmosphere face that you have is going to attract blessings or pity. Do you know in my life and my ministry, few people ever have pity on me. Few people ever pity me. Yeah. Few people pity me. Yeah. Few people pity me genuinely.
still people have pity for me. Yeah. Still people show me kindness. It's true. That's what I've, that's what I've seen. And I have to pray that I'll never fall into the hands of people who would turn on me like wildcats. I've seen it already. I've seen it. Yeah. Ah. In my life, few people have pity on me. So, you also, you must know, few people Travels, every nobody has pity. Nobody has pity. Don't feel sorry, and don't feel sorry for yourself. Nobody pities you. That must be your mind. I have to make it. I have to make it. That's all. I have to make it. I have to become who I can become. Yeah. Don't think that anybody pities. Feel in my experience. Ah. Ah. Few people have any form of mercy or pity for me. That's what I have experienced. They don't care. Yeah. You see, the Bible says that a, a rich man has got many friends. Now, this rich man who has many friends, why is it in the Bible that a rich man has many friends? Why is the Bible telling us that a rich man has got many friends? Huh? It is, it is, is it for the poor man or the rich man to know? It, it, is a, it is a kind of warning for the rich man. Do you see? The Bible says, All the brethren of the poor do hate him. <laughs> How much more do his friends go far from him? I'm telling you. All the brothers, the brethren of the poor, do hate him. And how much more do all his friends go far from him? If you think people will pity you because you are poor, he says that even the brothers, they hate him. And his friends, they'll go far from you. They are not attracted to you because of your poverty. Don't reveal that you are poor. Don't reveal it. I said, don't reveal it. Don't reveal it. Stand there confidently. Even when you are feeling hungry, stand there with a smile. Don't reveal it. Otherwise, everybody will go away from you. They are wanting to him. He's pursuing them. All the brethren of the poor do hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He pursues them. That is his friends and his brethren. He pursues them with words. 
and yet they are wanting to him. Yet he cannot locate them. Sends text messages, calls. You go and make yourself a poor man. Poverty chairman. The one who needs an offering, who needs money. No, no, you, 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 everybody will not like you. When they say, oh, call for me, let the guys come around. Oh, no, that poor guy shouldn't come. That, that, that poor man, no, don't call him. That poor man, he should stay outside. Yeah, the one who came to ask for money, he should stay outside. Yeah, I'm telling you the wisdom of the Bible. Yeah, the brethren, they hate him. So, Charlie, don't think, I say, in my life, few people have ever pitied me. Yeah. I've seen people promising things, saying this, saying that. Oh, all that we need is this. All that we no, 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 no. They will never give to you. Explain your problems. Explain your marital problems. Your financial. They will look at you. Eh. Try to reorganize yourself. Try to reorganize yourself. Pull yourself together. Hold yourself. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. You'll be alright. You'll be alright. This is not a problem. You think that people pity you. Nobody pities you. Maybe you have married a witch. Or you have married a wizard. And you come complain. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. People care more about their toothache than your cancer. Yeah. That person has got his toothache, he's paying him much. Ah, this is what I'm concerned about. Your cancer which is killing you, they are not concerned about it. So stop pitying yourself. Nobody understands even what you are saying. Nobody understands your problem. All the things you are complaining about. They are looking at you and saying, Oh, it must be difficult. Oh, it must be difficult. It must be difficult. Hey. They are off. (laughs) Amen. Are you there? Yeah. So, my friends. I want you to I want you to um, have a mind that before you be blessed the way Abraham was blessed or before you be blessed in a certain way it's going to take time and, 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 and you haven't been blessed now don't turn yourself into a beggar and don't look poor don't sound poor Get rid of poor looking clothes that have been ironed too much. You don't have to wear something that is ironed. You don't have to iron your suit. And you don't have to iron it until it's bent. And you don't have to wear a shirt that is... You see, these are signs of poverty. When you are wearing a shirt that is far bigger than you or the neck. The neck is bigger than your neck. Or the suit... All the suits, the shoulders of the suit are over here. And the suit is like a V 
V-shaped costume. These are signs of poverty. Yeah. People are wearing colored watches. You cannot wear a colored watch because they know it's too expensive. It's two CDs. I need the two CDs to buy meat in my watch. You have made yourself a poverty leader, a leader of poverty stricken people. It's true. Chief of the beggars. But Abraham's calling was not something that would suddenly happen. I will bless thee. I will bless thee. And I will make thy name great. Before your name will be great. Can you imagine how long it's going to take? And when your name is mentioned. I mean even that somebody knows your name. I mean first of all for a few of us to know your name. You see a pastor like Noble Nobleson. I know his name. But there are so many of them, I don't know their name, but I know Nobu Nobu. So, so it's like the beginning of a great name. It's the first step is for people to know an increasing number, or sometimes a busy person, or an important person to remember your name. It's a step in the name becoming great, but it takes a long time. It takes a long time. <laughs> it's true. Because you are one of many. Yeah. When he says, I'll make your name great, I mean, it's a calling to have a great name. It's a big thing. And it will take a long time. That's why I said that the word of my people, those of you who have kept the word of our sons, three special rewards. We are, we are going into those three special rewards. Yeah. Three special rewards. For those who are able to keep the word of my patience. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That's why I was telling you that at the graduation, that is not the time that I'm coming to tell you certain things. This is the real graduation message. Amen. And then it says, and thou shalt be a blessing. Hey! That's what do is another thing. Where you become a blessing to somebody. I mean, how can that be? Somebody like you who feels that you are a cap. You feel like you are a cap. Which is needing to be filled. How can you rather be a blessing to somebody? So you can imagine how long it is going to take for you to be able to get to the point where you become a blessing to somebody. So, let me pay your school fees. Think about that. Where you say, come take hundred cities. Or hundred dollars. Yeah. Where you will bless somebody. 
Or you will say, look, let me give you $1,000. Or you say, let me buy a ticket for you. Or when you say to you, look, let's go abroad. Or I'm going abroad to be a blessing to people outside. It takes a long time. You see, before you even be accepted at the embassy, when you go to the embassy and they ask you, are you married? You say, no. So we have not yet... Because when you are not married, then they say, do you have children? No. Do you have any house? Do you have anything? No. Do you have any job? No. How much do you earn? When you mention the amount, no, 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 no. no. When you go, you will never come back. Go, go and work for some time. So I want to go and be a blessing to some people in America. Oh, no, no, no. You cannot go to our country now to be a blessing. So you cannot become a blessing. He said, thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless thee. And thou shalt be a blessing. You are not yet a blessing. You are a, you are a burden on the school. We have to pay you. Money to keep you. You are not yet a blessing. <laughs> we have spent a lot of money. We have given you books. Almost everything is free. Those of you are going back. We have to buy tickets and send. You are not yet a blessing. You are not a blessing. Yeah. School fees you didn't pay. Right? You owe money. You owe money. You are not yet a blessing. You are a burden. You are a problem. Come. You didn't pay for the camp. You paid. Eh? Now we are paying for this place. Paying for you. You didn't pay. You are here. You are not yet a blessing. Not a blessing. You are a burden. <laughs> but you shall be a blessing. 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 Hallelujah. That is the word of my patience. That is the word of his patience. You will be a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it sounds like magic. It sounds unbelievable. It sounds impossible. But you shall become a blessing. You shall be a blessing. Yeah. It's the word of his patience. It's the word that requires patience. With patience, by all means, you see that you have become a blessing to people. Yeah. So, when Abraham heard this, hey, he was wondering. And I will bless them that bless thee. Wow. And I will curse them that curse thee. I will bless them that bless thee. And I will curse them that curse thee. You see, before you get to a place where you are so special to God that even when somebody says something in the room of his house 
God would take note of it. When Miriam spoke, the Bible says, and the Lord heard it. And he came to ask her, were you not afraid? Based on the type of visions and dreams I've given to Moses, were you not afraid of how I've used him? Were you not afraid to speak against him? You see, it's not everybody that people you talk about that there's any reaction in the spirit. But there are people that there is a response in the spirit when you speak against them. The Bible says, touch not my anointed. But you see, as you are now, even when somebody insults you, it will happen. It's going to take time. You are going to earn certain coverings and earn certain anointings. Yeah. Such that a time will come when somebody blesses you, the person will be blessed. When the person speaks against you, the person will die for that. Look, you know, Archbishop uh, Duncan Williams, I'll tell you, I've not seen anybody that he has spoken against, most of them in my presence, that it hasn't happened. Yeah. I've seen a lot of things happening. One day I called him, he said, I'm tired of being like Noah. I said, why? (laughs) He said, I'm tired of being like Noah. I said, why? He said, sending out beds which don't come back. (laughs) Yeah. Beds. You know, when they were on the ship, he sent a bed out to see them. He didn't come back. I've watched him. One day I was in a hotel. I don't know how he found my number. And he called me. He wanted somebody to talk to. He started to speak. For about 30 minutes. And he was speaking about one of those beds. That he had sent out. That they didn't come back. That didn't return. When he was saying, when he was speaking, well, I didn't really want to say that, but some of the things he was saying was so some way that I was going to say, ooh, maybe you should, but he was talking and I was listening. The day that those prophecies came to pass, me, myself, my skin was some doing something to me. I tell you. And you see, God made him say those things to me. So that I will remember and I will know uh, what he said. And when it happened. I watched, I couldn't believe my eyes. Yeah. So, I want to say to you, eh, dear Christian friend, that there is a place when a person is covered with 
angels, clouds, coverings, protections. When you tamper with them, a curse will fall upon you. It's true. That's what the Bible says. Touch not my anointed. And do my prophets no harm. Don't harm them. Don't touch anybody I have anointed. Leave them. And as the anointing increases and increases and increases, you have to be very, very careful. But a person can say something about you. And that is, you will finish. Yeah. Are you there? Are you listening? Yeah. So all these, you, 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 you may be cursing people. But it will never happen. But you are not here at the stage. When you, when you speak, it will happen. You are not at that stage. So all the things you are saying, they are not working. One day a young lady cursed me. Yeah, she cursed me to my, to my bones. Yeah. No. You see, at the stage I was in my life, you can easily curse me. And she did. But who is it that saith a thing in the of But at another time, if she had spoken those curses, she may have had a boomerang. Do you know what is a boomerang? It hits and goes back. Yeah. Are you there? So, take your time. All these things, they are just a word of his patience. Amen. Amen. Are you there or you are going home? Number three. The call of Jacob also needed patience. It was a word of patience. Genesis 28. Okay. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went down toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night. Amen. Because the sun was set and it took up the stones. Are you there? Are you there? 